Hello, welcome to Canadian Real Estate Investing Deal Deep Dive. I'm your host, Jeremy. The Deal Deep Dive offers lessons learned from Canadian investors while scaling their portfolios. If you're looking to scale your investments, listen to stories from those who have already been there and what they did in your shoes. So today we're going to be interviewing with a Brett. Brett, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So Brett, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you guys get started in real estate investing? What strategies are you using and where are you heading next? So we got our start about two years ago, I think, in flipping houses. So our company, Outline Homes, we operate on Instagram under the handle Mother Flippers. Yeah, a little tiny cheek there. We got our uh, we got our start about two years ago, and it just kind of happened organically. So there's two partners or two two couples who are partners, myself and my wife, and then my wife Brittany, and then our partners Garrett and Haley. So I came from a construction background, commercial construction background as a project manager. And my wife, Brittany, came from a design background. Now she graduated from design at the U of A. And then our partners, Garrett and Haley. Garrett also came from a construction background. He had infill experience. And then Haley also graduated from the same program as my wife from design Yeah, at the U of A. And so, yeah, we... Got our first job about two years ago. It went well, and then it's kind of just been snowballing, albeit a little bit out of control sometimes. <laughs> the joys of running your own business. So yeah, we started, I wouldn't want to say small, but you know, like a fair sized project. And then just slowly started building, getting comfortable, kept challenging ourselves, kept, you know, trying to improve our processes, kept trying to fill the gaps and you just kind of try to hang on and do the best you can. Do you guys feel you have a pretty good process in place now? I mean, I feel just because of how quickly we kind of got traction that it, it, it was hard to build our processes. Mm-hmm. That It's always on like the forefront of our minds is our processes because that's how you scale properly like that's how you scale a business properly is you get processes in place and you get the right people in place and then you know things run a lot smoother it's where you're starting a small business and you're like filling holes here and you're filling holes over here and you're just kind of running around so now we're at a spot in our business where we're trying to hire the right people for the right position so we can scale as with as little stress as possible <laughs> that would be nice <laughs> yeah be nice. so i mean hiring right now like is, is very challenging so that's what we're trying to focus on now so where to to go back to your question of where we're headed is you know trying to get as vertically integrated as possible so like i was saying hiring those people we've been very fortunate in our business where i'm doing a lot of the stuff i want to be doing my wife is doing a lot of the stuff she she wants to be doing Haley is doing and, and same with garrett like we're all we've all just kind of fallen into our roles naturally and we're all filling holes and positions that need to be filled so we're very fortunate in that in that area of our business i'm glad to hear it yeah <laughs> sounds good so we'll get into the meat of the, the conversation here mm-hmm. So what's the best deal you've done? What was the plan? What went well? What didn't? And what would you have done differently now? 
So our best deal probably would have been our last Pleasant View deal. We bought, so I'll rewind a little bit. Our model in Outline Homes is we find properties and fix problems that average flippers or average people involved in construction cannot fix or don't have the skill set to fix or don't have the um, risk or the, like want to take on that risk of solving these problems. It's just too much for them. So given my commercial background and I had done renovations in the past and given Garrett's ability as well doing infill and just his ability to solve these, you know, complex problems, we're looking for these properties. So Pleasant View fell very much so into that category. So when we bought that house, it looked like, you know, a, a crew of drunk children framed that home. It was so bad. It was so, it was so bad. That's quite the imagery. Yeah. <laughs> so when we started tearing into the walls and, uh, and you know, a lot of the stuff you don't see, right? And when you start tearing into walls, you're like, oh, wow, there's this, this, this issue. It's just like a, a whole different realm as soon as you start tearing into, into walls. So that house had an addition off the back and a full addition on top. So when we started tearing into walls, there was major structural issues with that home. And so our model is on our business as well, is we are completely transparent with what we're doing on our social media. So we want our clients and our followers to see what we're doing to these homes. Whereas a lot of other flippers try to, and I'm not saying all, but some I should say, try to hide these issues. So I think that us showing everyone, this, these are the problems that we're facing, this is how we fix them properly. Mm -hmm. It builds a lot of trust in our company and a lot of trust in our brand. So we ended up having to put seven beams in that home. And some of these spans are like 24 feet, 25 feet. That's and cute. like a beam on top of a beam, like for a giant ridge beam, like I think the, the living room alone took one, two, three, four, four or five beams which you know like your average homeowner isn't going to do that no right so we solved a lot of problems on that job and that's our skill set we're getting paid for the problems that we solve <laughs> so that house we bought at you know below market price just given these issues the lot was a pie-shaped lot in a cul-de-sac, so it was not, like a lot split wasn't optional. And given that it was, like I said, in the state it was in, 95% of people aren't gonna buy that house. So that was in our favor, for sure. The other thing is, is because we bought that house at such a great price, we were in the Pleasant View neighborhood. Are you familiar with that neighborhood? I'm not. No? Okay, so Pleasant View is a very like up-and-coming neighborhood. There's a lot of multi-million dollar infill going in there. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing that we took into consideration before we purchased that property is like, you know this, what's our ARV going to be? 
how do we renovate that property based on the comps? So we don't want to put like, you know, a multi-million dollar home in a, in a neighborhood that doesn't support that price point. Mm -hmm. So we had us buying at a great price. We had an ARV that was, you know, supporting our business model of like a higher end luxury home flipper. So granted that job was very, very big. Like our, our rental budget, we still haven't seen final numbers, but it was a huge biggest rental we've ever done. Wow. Yeah, easily, easily. But we ended up with an unbelievable finished product, something that it was like our flagship job. Like it, it was amazing. We're all very proud of that job. Very, very proud of that job. Lessons that we learned, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that job is any different from any other job. I always tend to learn more from my failures than my successes. 100%. So because that job was like very successful, I didn't learn as much as my first flip that I did. Mm -hmm. My first flip is marred with lessons, <laughs> which I'm sure we'll be getting into. But lesson learned, we executed on a plan very, very well. It increased my confidence in our ability to execute on a reno that big and to turn that dumpy home into something beautiful. So it was just like a big like confidence boost. And I mean, we sold at close to 1.2 million and it was on the market for like, I think it was less than three days, you know? So it's nice to get that, that feedback from the market. I guess like, Hey, what you're doing is working. You're doing a great job. So keep going. Yeah. Three days. That says something. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So I think our average day on market, like we've sold two homes pre-market and the rest have gone, have gone to market. But I think our average days on market is less than two for all of our, for all of our jobs. That's amazing. Yeah. It's been great. That, that really says something about the work. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Thank you. Now, you touched on your first deal there. One of the things we talk about here is the worst deals you've done. Yes. Is it, would that be your worst deal? My first deal is by far the worst deal. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, what was the plan there? What didn't go to plan? Yeah. And how did you recover from it? The plan there was we didn't really have much of a plan. We were so new to home flipping and this was with some previous partners. I mean, where do I start with? We overestimated our air and then we were chasing the market down, which you don't ever want to do. So we, we listed that home as soon as COVID hit. So I mean, that into itself is like, that's out of my control, Absolutely. right? Yeah. So that was really, really difficult. And then we were just chasing and we, we lit like our, our price point was high to start with because we, you know, that, that, that's another lesson is like, don't get emotionally attached to your projects, right? Because what you think your home is worth and what the market dictates your home is worth can be two completely different things, right? Which one matters to the end buyer? Is, is it what the market dictates or what you think it's worth? 
just for the Oh market. man, like it's always market. Yeah. Like I provide my my mentality is always like provide the market with value and the market will dictate what your home is worth. 100%. It's not up to my re- realtor, it's not up to me, it's not up to my colleagues. It is what the market is willing to pay for your product. Absolutely. That yeah. goes for, that goes for any market and any buyer. Exactly. Anything. Your 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 product is only worth what someone's going to pay for it. 100%. That's it. So we were chasing the market there, so learn that lesson. Also learn the lesson of great friends don't necessarily make great business partners. So this was before Garrett and Haley. We had some close friends of ours. We started the first flip with them. Also extremely challenging. Oh, some people can make that work. With us, we couldn't. So that relationship, that business relationship ended and then we hopped in with Garrett and Haley and things have been great ever since. So yeah, great business partners don't, or great friends don't make great business partners. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. What else? What other lessons were there? That was such a long time ago. Was there anything technically that didn't go to plan or? Yes. So we were very, very, like we didn't invest in our flip accordingly. So even for adding, you know, things like like you don't know what you don't know. It's like, well, this should have had, this wall should have had a plug on it. That wall should have had a plug on it. That wall should have had a plug on it. And if you're commanding or wanting to, you know, get a higher price point for your home, like we were on that deal. And it's like, well, there's three walls with missing plugs on it. It's like, well, how are you supposed to know? Yeah, well, exactly. You don't know what you don't know. How am I supposed to know that? You know, you rely on maybe your trades to know that, but realistically, the it, the buck starts and stops with me. Mm-hmm. I should have educated myself to know like that's where things should should be. Mm-hmm. But you live and you 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 learn from these these types of things. So small stuff like that, all of these small details add up, especially on inspection. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. How do you feel you recovered from your first deal? I didn't, well, like, we didn't lose any money on the deal. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> most people lose a lot of money on their first deal. We didn't. I didn't. I would have been better off, like, cooking fries for six months. I would have made more money. But life is, is going to hand you lessons. So you're going to pay for your lesson. So that's what I did is I paid for my lesson to push my business forward. So... It would have been extremely easy to give up after that deal. It was so stressful and it was, it went so sideways, but you know, you come out of these things and you've grown so much and you've learned so much that like, why quit? Mm-hmm. Why, why, you know, you learn those lessons and then just what you just, I'm, I'm just not one to stop after that you know what I mean so if I would have stopped and there was a there was a thousand reasons for me to stop we wouldn't be talking and we wouldn't have you know had the success that we've had so mm-hmm. the number one reason why people fail is they quit that's it yep 100 <laughs> percent. yeah you know so you'd recommend people keep going even if they things don't go to plan well is anything ever always going to go to plan you know like yeah your first deal could be trash and 
you could lose, you know, 10, 15, 20 grand, but you've paid, you've paid for that education. Like as long as you're retaining the information, like why stop? Did you enjoy it? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. If you didn't enjoy it, then maybe host flipping isn't for you. Great. Move on. But if you did enjoy it, like don't stop. Or even like if you didn't enjoy your first deal, maybe just tough it out for the next one. And you're like, well, you know, this one went, this one went okay, you know? Mm. And then it just keeps getting better. Like that's what happened for us, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a big supporter. The only way you fail is if you didn't learn something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not win or lose, it's win or learn, always. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So going back to your first deal, what mm -hmm. would you have done differently? Knowing what you know now. Oh my goodness, man. I would have like for that price point that we had for that, I would have put an ensuite in. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have done so much of the work myself. I should have relied more on people with more experience than myself. I wouldn't have taken on close friends as business partners. I would have put an ensuite in at that price point. What else? I would have done way more work inside given the price point that we were at. What, um, what kind of work inside would you have done? I would have done, like I said, like, you know, small things like more outlets. I maybe because our dining room was so close to our bar, the um, peninsula where the bar seating was, I probably would have pushed out like just layout changes here and there that would have made more sense. Maybe I would have added an extra, I probably would have added an extra bedroom in the basement because the main room was huge. It was so big. You don't need like a room that large. I probably would have put carpet in the basement because that's just better for resale what else we bought the house with the wrong shingles on the roof Ooh. and then they weren't rated for like a minimal slope and we didn't put the proper shingles on or they didn't get on we had to put them on post inspection so like that takes a big bite out of your butt yeah afterwards yeah exactly so it's just all of these things that add up that you don't know about but like come inspection time and come, you know, potential buyer feedback, you're like, holy smokes, like I did all of this stuff incorrectly. But there's also things that, you know, we did right on that job. What are the things you, some of the things you think you got right on that one? Yeah, I think like, cause it was a mid-century home and it had like cedar ceilings and the finishes and the design of the home were really, really nice. Material wise that like Again, we are being like cost Conscious we are trying to do it on you know a smaller budget, but we got emotionally involved in that house and We're like it's worth this when in reality, you know the flooring we chose was lower grade the countertops we chose weren't you know the You know countertops to choose to support that higher price point right so but yeah design and finishes stylistically the home was extremely appealing and it had like it had an easement on the side of it so it was like a huge lot you almost needed like a lawn tractor to to cut the grass there and it had a double garage and it had a huge amount of parking and <laughs> i mean it worked out great for the buyer like because we were chasing the market for six months Ooh. during covid it was brutal they got a 
fantastic price on that house. <coughs> Excuse me. So it came out really well. Me, not so much, but well, financially, not so much, but lessons wise, it was fantastic. I'm glad you didn't lose any money on the deal. Either. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah, most people lose money on their first deal from what I've read and from the other podcasts that I listen to. So, yeah, well, it's not uncommon, I guess. Yeah, yeah I've heard similar things. Yeah. I hope my first flip goes a little differently. But Oh, you'll do fine. And even if it doesn't, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. So we're going to switch gears here just because we're coming to our close here. Mm-hmm. What would you advise? What advice would you give to investors in your area who are looking to scale their business? That's a good question. I guess it just depends on which route you want to take. Do you want to hire everything out, or do you want to hire staff to do these jobs for you? the The biggest piece of advice I can give people is get your processes down. So. There's a book I was reading, hmm. Gerber, Robert Gerber, I think is it? I can't remember the title of the book. Anyways, he goes after the franchise model. There's, he, he breaks down the franchise model. So he says that franchises, if you buy like say a McDonald's or an Arby's or whatever, let's use McDonald's as, as a great example. Their processes, or even in an Burger, that's a great example, their processes have already been solidified. Those the, the whole franchise model is built off processes. So you're buying like a business that is already proven itself, that already has its processes in place, that is essentially turnkey, mm-hmm. right? So get your processes down. I cannot stress that enough and it's so much easier said than done because if you get your processes down and You'll see at McDonald's, there's, you know, 16-year-old kids working at McDonald's. So why can a McDonald's be successful with, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids working it in it? Because they have their processes in place. So you can take, you know, inexperienced staff, lower-skill people, put them into that environment that has their processes solidified and in place, and they can produce extraordinary results. So get your processes down. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is vet the people that you're getting to work on your jobs. Construction, as you know, there are a lot of fly-by-night contractors, a lot of people saying, you know, give me a 50% deposit. Oh, can you pay for this up front? And then they're gone. Yeah. So vet your contractors, ask for references, ask, you know, people who you trust, who have worked with people for references, go look at their work, check their social media, check their website, check BBB, do your due diligence when you hire these people. Because they're such an integral part of, of the job, right? So, so vet these people very, very well. And then I would say, maybe this is a little more privy to the process stuff, but yeah, just like look for holes in your business and try to fill them or recognize them and try to, you know, find the right people to put in, in those 
in the in those spots. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. One of the things I talk about on my social media quite often is specialization mm-hmm. and finding what you're good at and finding somebody to fill those holes and to fill in those processes for you that you that you're not strongest at. Exactly. That that makes the world a difference, doesn't it? Hundred percent. So yeah, great, great advice. Yeah, yeah. The stuff that I like doing is like the stuff I want to be doing, and that's where I see the best results. The stuff I don't like doing, like I'm not good at it. <laughs> Why not find someone who that's their thing, who they're good at it, or like, you know, they're good at that stuff I don't like to do or that I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, that's not that complicated, right? We're just at a point in our business now where it's like, well, and I think that's true for any business is like, you know, you're going to have to do some stuff you don't want to do. So you got to stay disciplined and you got to manage your time properly. So, I mean, I think all business owners kind of struggle with the same stuff but the other thing I I, I would say is networking definitely network I didn't put enough value on networking when I first started and networking now is like it's so important yeah it it definitely changed our lives it's how we're here today yeah well exactly right like you reached out to me so Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll come across each other again or keep in contact for sure absolutely right sounds good Mm -hmm. so just before we close up here Mm -hmm. how can people learn more about you Social media. So on Instagram, our Instagram handle, like I said, was Mother Flippas. If you search that, or you can search Align Homes, Mother Flippas is just like a subsidiary of Outline. So always social media. We p- try to pump our social media hard. So that is definitely the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, you can also check out our website, AlignHomes.com. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. And I really like your Instagram page. I love some seeing some of the stuff you. Thank you very do. much. Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah. Okay, well. Brett, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.